This episode of the Rock and a Hard Place podcast is brought to you by Tweaked Audio at tweakedaudio.com. Use the code HARDPLACE and get 33% off your order. That's tweakedaudio.com. This is the Rock and a Hard Place podcast. I sit this one out, Cap. Let's see how I can. These guys come from legend. They're basically gods. There's only one god, man. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. You don't know the power of the dark side. Let's not stand on ceremony here. And now, here are your hosts, Chris Cougar and Paul Wilson. Well, hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Rock in a Hard Place podcast. It's been a little while. Uh, life has been a little crazy for me out here in California. Uh, for those of you that are new to the show, I'm from California. Paul currently lives just outside of Nashville, and I'll introduce our special guest in just a minute. Uh, but things for me have been a little bit crazy. We're packing up, selling our house, and, and we're getting out of the left coast and moving more towards Central America and going to be heading towards uh, Michigan in just about a month and a half. So, uh, hey, be praying for the family because, you know, I hear that there's this amazing white stuff that falls quite consistently during the wintertime back there. And I'm not really ready for that, I don't think. So we'll see how all of that goes. Anyhow, Paul, my friend, it's been a while. It's good to actually see your face. What's going on, man? Oh, nothing much, dude. It, it is consignment sale season up here. So we've been tagging kids' clothes and toys and helping a church set up with all that fun stuff over the last few days. So that's tons of fun. But other than that, uh, it's just been kind of normal, same old, same old, you know. Fantastic. Morning show producer biz and all that jazz. So it's all the fun stuff. Well, if you're curious as to who that third face is, well, of course, you're only going to be curious if you're watching this on Facebook. Uh, if you're listening to the audio, the third voice you are about to hear is a gentleman by the name of Scott Freiberger, and he is with uh, Jesus Freak Hideout. Scott, how are you? Yeah, man, I am wonderful. I had a nice weekend away from work, and I am not looking forward to that weekend being over, but that's what happens. They never last long enough. I'm in retail, so Saturdays are pretty much a constant work day. Uh, thankfully, I can request Sundays off since I have the whole religious card to play for church. Uh, right. So I can manage to pull that off. So I didn't have to work today, which is nice. Um, but yeah, I, I, I remember what weekends used to be like when I had them. <laughs> I definitely fair share in retail, so I know the, the hassle of Saturday morning rushes. It's not fun. Yeah, exactly. Well, if you're wondering why Scott is joining us, it's because Jesus Freak Hideout does this little kind of an awards thing that they like to put together. And uh, Scott actually reached out to Paul and I and said, hey, would you guys be interested in maybe doing something together around this? And we said, well, sure, why not? Because we've actually gone over the Jesus Freak Hideout Awards on previous episodes. So uh, thanks for the opportunity to kind of collaborate a little bit on this, or at least to, uh, I guess the word would be, allow us to share the list before it really kind of gets out there and the poll is is up for voting. Absolutely. And, and thank you for having me on. Um, in last or previous years, we've done this pretty late uh, in the year, and not a lot of people have really voted because, you know, at the end of 2017, who cares about what came out in 2016, you know? Uh, so 
we're tackling it a little bit early this year, and uh, I appreciate you guys uh, doing this with us. Yeah, not a problem. Tell me a little bit about the history of the Jesus Freak Hideout Awards. Like, what's the what's the purpose behind uh, going through this process? I'm sure it's not a simple thing to to throw together. No, um, a few years ago, I started um, putting the the appropriate artists in the appropriate categories as they came out instead of waiting till December and going through the whole year. So I made it a little bit easier. Um, I don't remember. I did, well, I'm not prepared for that question, but uh, <laughs> I think it's like the 15 uh, award that we're doing. Wow. Uh, wow. Something like that. It, it used to be called the, the reader's choice awards. And then a few years ago we decided to rebrand it uh, and just call it the JFH award, make it more, you know, um, give it our name, put our brand on it. And, um, we messed around with some of the categories. We dropped a few categories. Uh, and we added a couple. And, uh, it's always really fun to kind of put together and see what people are really into from the previous year. And a lot of times I'm really surprised by some of the results. So it's really cool to see what everybody's, uh, gonna vote for this year because we have some kind of wild cards this year, actually. Some oh, some wild cards this year. Yeah, like um, not to get ahead of ourselves, but uh, artist of the year we have nominations for uh, people like Matthew West, uh, Stu Gerard from uh, uh, Delirious, and Torin Wells, who used to be in a band called Royal Taylor. Okay. Um, yeah, and so I mean we have some you know some old faithfuls in the lists as well, but uh, yeah, some people really surprised me in the bigger categories this year. Interesting. Well, uh, I, I have a question. This yeah, may yeah, be yeah. where you were going, so I apologize, Chris. No. Uh, so how do how does the list of nominations actually get created? I think most people always kind of wonder about that. They're like, this is great. I'm voting on like these five different people, but who decided that these five people were the ones to vote on? Sure. Um, so when I, I'm putting these together throughout the year, um, I'm, I put down pretty much everybody that that put on an album that year into the categories. So we have this gigantic list of like 50, 60 people and, you know, artists of the year, however many people put on an album that year. Um, and in previous years, when it was the Leader's Choice Award, we just put that massive list on there and it took like, you know, 20 to 30 minutes to, to vote on the whole stupid thing. <laughs> so, um, we, and what we started doing a few years ago is uh, we, we started doing a preliminary vote with uh, with the other staff members. So we'd have the gigantic lists. Um, each staff member would take however long it took to go through and choose the ones that they thought should be in those categories. Uh, and then after that, we just took whoever had the highest percentages and, and threw them in there for the, uh, for the final nominees. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Got it. Good deal. All right. So the, the whole crux of this show is to go through this list. So, uh, uh, let's, I guess let's dive in. I, I don't know how else to go about it. Dive in head first and hopefully it's the deep end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to think about that for just half a second, but yes, that's uh, a good thing. <laughs> not one of my best analogies, but let's pretend it didn't happen. There you go. So, <laughs> You're going to fit right in with Paul and I. You, <laughs> this is just our it's bad like analogies we, haunt us for many years to come. It's like we've yeah. known each other forever. <laughs> well, I used to work in radio too uh, about ten years ago or so. So okay. I think we have brotherhood. <laughs> That's right. 
Well, do you want to start with uh, the big category, the artist of the year? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, uh, we've got, I think, I think 20 in here for artist of the year. Um, some of the, like I said, some of these are, are wild cards. Um, and it's really cool to see such a diverse list. Um, first up, we've got, uh, 68. If you guys are familiar with them, mm-hmm. um, Aaron Sprinkle, uh, Beautiful Eulogy, Death Therapy, mm-hmm. Isley, um, Parks Like Lion, John Marcus Millen, Kevin Max, King's Kaleidoscope, Matthew West, Murphy Knee, uh, No Big Deal, who is an independent rapper, mm-hmm. uh, The On- Concept, Project 86, of course, Project 86, because they put out an album, they're gonna be in that list, um, Propaganda, Rusty Ship, Dave Zaker, Hugh Gerard, Warren Wells, and Third Day. Wow. That is, that is an eclectic list. <laughs> like, no. Mind boggling. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm going over it like, I mean, there's so many names on there that I love. Um, I gotta say, you mentioned Rusty Ship. They have sent me music and I, I just, I have not had time to listen to it. So guys from Rusty Ship, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I am so sorry. <laughs> I need to, I need to take a minute and listen to it. And I just have not had that couple of minutes. So, um, I'm, I'm glad. Obviously you guys are doing well if you made it on the list, but yeah, I'm working yeah. on it. I promise I'm working on it. <laughs> and they are listening, by the way. I oh, are they? Them. <laughs> Good thing. Yeah. So, they, uh, yeah. It's I mean, once you do get a chance to listen to it, um, I know a lot of our staff members loved it right off the bat. It took okay. me a few listens to get into it, but once uh, once I gave it enough opportunities, fantastic album. It made my top ten list last year. Wow, so good. It's like um, I like to say it's like a mix of uh, Foo Fighters, Nirvana, and Led Zeppelin, um, that kind of stuff. So it's and it has a Legend of Zelda cover on it. So I mean, okay. You sold me. (laughs) You sold me on that. You definitely sold me on that. Okay, Paul, off of who you remember on that list, who's, who, who are you going to be like, let's say your top two or three. Well, here, see this, I, this has been such a bad, busy year with a two year old and a full time job for the first time. Like this has been like the first full year of, of like feeling like I don't get a chance to delve into music as much as I want to. I've yet to get to listen to the new project all the way right. start to finish. So that makes me a little sad and ashamed. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, there, there's a few things that, I mean, I would always have them at the top of any list just cause I, I love Andrew. I love what they've always done. And I, I just don't know. I mean, there's been so much, there's so much good stuff on there and I've already forgotten 90% of it. But, um, <laughs> I should have emailed this list to you guys. I apologize. That's okay. Yeah, Scott, it's all your fault. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> just playing, just playing. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, that that's it's so so stinking eclectic. I really did love the uh, Hearts Like Lions record. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought that one was very unique and interesting. And I want to listen to the new Stavesacre, and I haven't had a chance to listen to that one all the way through either because I was a huge fan of theirs mm-hmm. uh, back in the day. So, I, uh, man, that is just a tough choice. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. I think that I would probably have to have Project up there just because they are Project, regardless of, of whether I've listened to the entirety of the album or not. 
the big thing you you always know what you're going to get with a Project 86 album. Um, and it's always good. And I've had many, many opportunities to have conversations with Andrew Schwab. And I love him. He is, he's a talented performer, but he's also an amazing individual. So, you know, out of respect for Project, I definitely have to make sure that I have them on that list. Um, King's Kaleidoscope enjoying their stuff very much, so I'm glad to see that they are on there as well. Um, I, th- I, I mean, think it would be tough to choose just one off of that list. That is, that is wild and crazy. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You have to choose just one. <sighs> so you make your mind up, man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if I can only choose one, I think I'm going to have to go with Project on that one. I think that would be my singular. That's fair. My my personal pick came down to uh, between Propaganda and Rusty Ship. Okay. Um, that new Propaganda album is absolutely killer. I don't know if you guys listen to him or follow him very closely, but it's it's his best work, and uh, it was really hard to pick between those two. Okay. Um, See, here's my weird here's my weird observation about propaganda. Like, I love the single Olympian, and it's been charting on my show a lot, and I think it's a killer song. But the the kind of the dun 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 reminds me so much of the intro to um, Secret Weapon by Disciple, and I really want somebody to do a mashup of the two of them because they feel all like that. Just the intros are very close to the same. I'm like, I would love to see what that would be like. (laughs) That would be. my weird thing. Uh, well, um, the next one, this is, this next one is actually one of my favorite categories because just by default of how you qualify for this, um, category, it's going to be different. Every year. Um, you cannot be, can't be nominated for like new artist of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's a little confusing because, um, there are some artists on here who have released music before. Um, but the way that we kind of look at it is your debut. Uh, because even though you're, you can be an independent artist and you can be a successful independent artist these days, um, it's still a big thing. Um, you know, especially to somebody like, you know, Capital Records or even Supernail Records, you know, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so we still kind of use that, you know, qualification for it. Um, but this one's actually pretty, uh, eclectic as well. So we've got, um, Elisa Turner. Uh, she's a new worship artist on Integrity, I believe. Um, Death Therapy, Death Breaker, Earth Throne, Emerald Pin, Flesh Killer, uh, Greg Sykes, Iron Bell Music, Landry Cantrell, Long Hollow Wave, uh, Lowercase Noises, Nothing Left, The Porter's Gate, The Sing Team, and Stephen Malcolm. I think there was only one name on that entire list that I have heard any music by, and that would be Death Therapy. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a, that's a good one if you've only heard one of them. Wow. I like what they do. Yeah, um, Deathbreaker was a new artist on Face Down Records. I liked the album. Uh, it didn't really stand out to me a whole lot. Earth Groans, though, new band on, on uh, Solid State Records, and they re-released their EP last year. Um I can't remember what it's called now, but it was killer. It was absolutely killer. If you guys like, you know, heavier, grassy stuff, it was amazing. 
Um, and then Flesh Killer, also another heavy band. They, uh, it's got one of the guys from Extol. And I sound like a real amateur now because I can't remember any names about any of these bands I'm talking about. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they went over really well with a lot of our staff and a lot of people who read the review really seemed to agree with how good the album is. I personally didn't get into it. I'm just not into that style of metal. It's kind of the, you know, Swedish black metal kind of stuff. But, yeah. Uh, for what it is, it was, it was pretty, pretty good. Cool. Nice. Did you recognize any of those, Paul? I, I know who, well, I know who most of the non gospel ones are or non R and B kind of style ones are. Um, like I know who Stephen Malcolm is most of his stuff I think is all right. Um, I don't think it's like, Amazing, but it's pretty good. Um, and then all the metal bands. I didn't, I didn't remember that's who Flesh Killer was. Mm. Um, but I've heard the other two and, and they're okay. Uh, I haven't listened to enough of it to make a really good solid judgment on it, but I have the death therapy record and I love it. So I would definitely have no problem whatsoever voting for that one because that's just a great record. Yeah. I think that's who I went with as well. And I, I've already voted. We, we opened to the, to the staff a little bit. No, just a little. Uh, <laughs> does it matter? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, all right. Well, we've got the male and female solo artist of the year. Um, but I think even more exciting than that is probably, um, well, at least for me, is the MC of the year. Uh, okay. Actually. Yeah. I mean, because there's some good category. There were a lot of good hip, uh, hip-hop albums last year. But also... A lot of really bad, like, trap albums. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with trap, uh, but it's, I hate it. I hate it a lot. Be <laughs> 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 doing, you know, these days, but, um, we've got some good artists in there. Uh, Andy Minio is up for MC of the Year. Okay. Uh, Paul, Derek Minor, KB, uh, KJ52. Actually, he came back last year with a new album. Uh, Crumb, who used to be called Play-Doh. He put out a really good album last year. Um, NF, No Big Deal, Odd Thomas, uh, Paradox, a really cool guy out of uh, Colorado. And then Propaganda, Show Baraka, Even Malcolm, Taylor Gray, and Words Blade. Mm-hmm. That Show Baraka album was uh, a bit unusual. I, I, I know of a lot of people that enjoyed it, but there were quite a few people who still felt I don't know that it just was a bit too out there for them. Um, which one was that? The the show Baraka. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a lot different. It was uh, a lot more uh, jazzy. Yeah, uh, funk music. Some yeah, kind of all over the board. Yeah, very much so. I mean, I think if I were going to throw down on on one or, or two names. Uh, NF is definitely going to be one of those. I I totally enjoy uh, his style of flow personally, um, and I feel like there's this you know raw authenticity that comes off in in how he does things. And I subscribe to the free three months of Apple Music so that I could listen to NF's new album and enjoyed it a lot. And then, of course, I've always been a big fan of Andy Minio. So those two are always going to kind of rank a little high on my own personal list. But I don't have any issues yeah. with any uh, of them that I that I heard on that list. Like, I think all of them are fantastic and deserving to be on that list. Right on. 
I was actually a little surprised. I know a lot of um, I, a lot of people on our staff do like NF. I, I personally don't really care for his style a whole mm-hmm. lot, but um, a lot of people with this new album didn't seem to really enjoy it very much. Um, it got a pretty low rating as far as the review, so I was actually kind of surprised to see him make this slip here, but not entirely surprised because there were enough people that enjoyed it to to vote vote him in. Right. Well, if for no other reason, then it feels like it's worthy that he should be on this list because, I mean, that album did debut at number one on Billboard, and then the single Let You Down has now gone platinum in, I think, eight-plus countries. Yeah, Um, it's it is insane. Like anytime yep. my wife turns on her radio and she's listening to the top 40 station, it's guaranteed that within 15 minutes I'll hear that song. And yeah. uh, matter of fact, I was listening to it today as I was moving around stuff for this consignment sale. And I was actually surprised by how much I liked most of it. I think a lot of times I, I feel like some of his lyrics get a little bit too inwardly focused. Not that it's bad, but it just feels like it's a lot of it. Um, but he's definitely got talent. So I don't know. I mean, for me, it would be probably between, him and Andy Minio, and uh, I really like Words Played as well, especially that collaboration that he and Andy did uh, mm-hmm. for Magic Bird. Yeah, a lot of people really liked that album. NF is definitely a much more dark style of artist, and I think there are people that struggle with that aspect because you know we've we've been taught for so long that Christian faith and Christian music should be like puppy dogs and rainbows and happy times and Jesus is my best friend kind of thing. And there's so much, um, there's so much hurt out there. And I don't think that we put as big a spotlight on that as we sometimes need to. So for me, that's why I appreciate his particular style because it does come from a much darker, more, um, more raw hurting space. But at the same yeah. time, there's to me that there's the positive side of that is that he is overcoming that that stuff in his life, and this is how he is able to cope. Um, and that there's still that message of hope in his lyrics. Um, but I totally get those that don't like it. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it looks like um, our our pals and Rusty Ship have officially joined the conversation. That's right. <laughs> they've pretty much taken over the entire. <laughs> they've taken over the chat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so then, album album of the year. We actually just because of the, um, the the way that the votes fell with our staff, we're doing um, a little bit extra, um, a few extra nominees uh, as opposed to the artist of the year. Generally. These categories are kind of, you know, very similar, like the Project 86 and Artist of the Year. You're probably going to see Project 86. Um, we do have some excellent here. So we've got um, the 68, and Aaron Sprinkle, uh, Acceptance, actually made an album of the year. Uh, they put out a new album last year, a lot different than their last album, Phantoms. Um, but it went over well enough to get a nominee or a nomination. Um, beautiful Eulogy. Blank Books. Do, do, have you guys heard the Blank Books album? I have not. No, it's uh, Aaron and Jesse Sprinkle, and it's like Oral Lou style alternative rock. Okay. Um, yeah, very good. Uh, Colony House, Death oh. Therapy, Isley, Flatfoot 56. Um, they're that great Chicago uh, Celtic rock. Band. Celtic, yeah, Celtic punk, absolutely. Yeah, so good. 
uh, Hearts Like Lions, John Mark McMillan, King's Kaleidoscope, Crumb, uh, Mercy Me, NF, uh, Nicole Nordeman. Actually, a lot of our staff like Nicole Nordeman's new album. Uh, the Ongoing Concept, The Porter's Gate, Project 86, Propaganda, uh, Rusty Ship, Dave Zaker, Stu Gerard, Torn Wells, and Third Day. Man. The very wow. simple of the year. That is... <laughs> I, t- I gotta give it to you guys. You, uh, I, I mean, you make your list so eclectic. I mean, there is, there is something for everyone, uh, on every single one of these. It's so wild. To, it's so wild to hear all those names. I mean, you, to hear, uh, uh, what is it? Um, Death Therapy and Nicole Nordeman in the same list. Uh, you know, it's like, where else are you gonna, where else are you gonna find that? nowhere <laughs> that's wild i know it, it's, it's great i love seeing such a wide range of uh albums on here um and again this one came down to a, a propaganda and rusty ship I, I had to decide between those two as to who i thought yeah would deserve well this brings to mind something interesting for me then i mean i'm, I'm trying to think of how i'm going to think about this differently an artist of the year because I was thinking in terms of like, well, it's like, well, what is the album that they put out this year that makes them qualify? But I almost feel like now I should think about that in a different way because maybe it's like, what else did they do this year? Like, did, you know, did, yeah. did they do really good touring? You know, did they do something unique in like a crowdfunding or, or what? I don't know. I mean, that's, that's tough. Yeah. That's like, um, you know, we always would nominate, um, there's a rapper named Heath McNeese mm-hmm. uh, and he used to put out like three albums a year. <laughs> right. So that's just kind of automatically. And they were all good. You know, every single time you put on an album, it was really good. So we thought, well, I mean, he's definitely deserving to be artist of the year. Um, so we, we look at that kind of stuff too. Yeah, for sure. Although I think the biggest thing for Heath McNeese that is, that is still to this day is just the earworm that he created with the song bounce house, which gets stuck in my head. <laughs> <at random> <laughs> <times>. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Him and Free Daps. Yeah, those guys are great. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I don't I, I I need to chew on that list. There's there's no way that I can sit and and pop off with who I would choose based off of that. Um, you know, for Kirk, he says Colony House probably had the most spins, so I think that's who he's going to go with. Um That's fair. That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, was all right. I, I didn't fall in love with it like a lot of people did, but it was actually pretty good. It was, I don't really know how to describe it, but it was I'd like Gaslight Anthem, mm-hmm. um, maybe a little bit of the Killers kind of stuff. A pretty solid alternative album. Yeah. Good deal. All right. Who's yeah. next? Uh, speaking of, it, it's the Rock and Alternative album of there the There we year. go. Uh, yeah. So this is up your guys' alley. Um, so. And this one's actually a little weird because we had some albums that that really could have qualified for a couple of different categories. Um, so I had to kind of deliberate in what category they felt most appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, like 68. 68 is, you know, Josh Scogan from Norma Jean and the Chariot. Uh, I guess, yeah, Norma Jean and the Chariot. And Michael McClellan from the Architect, I think. Um, so it, you would think it would be a really heavy album. And in some respects it was, but it also had a lot more of a raw Nirvana run rock kind of feel. So I, I felt like they should go in that category. Um, uh, Blank Books is in there, Colony House, 
Isley, which usually would have been in the indie pop category, but this year they kind of changed it up a little bit with them. Okay. Um, uh, Flatfoot, Flatfoot 56, Hearts <laughs> Like Lunch, John Mark McMillan, which I, it was another one that I kind of debated on. Um, I just felt like this was more of an alternative album than anything else. Um, even, even a little bit of like Bruce Springsteen influence in there. Um, mm-hmm. so, then Kevin Max, um, Kids, formerly known as Kids in the Way, mm-hmm. uh, Kaleidoscope, which was heavily hip hop inspired, but I feel like they're more of an alternative band, so I put them there. Um, Project 86, Red, Rusty Chip, Dave Zaker, and Young Fox. Wow. Yeah. Young <sighs> Fox is on, I believe, Spartan Records. And, yeah. Um, our staff member, Michael, loved that album so much. And, uh, a few other people did too. Man. That's a tough one. It, all of yeah. these are hard. Like, I don't remember, I don't remember this being this hard before, Paul. <laughs> Well, it's harder too because we're not looking at something. We're just trying to remember. That's like, right. Ooh, that's great. Oh man. Oh, I like that one too. <laughs> that's right. That you know, it's, it's funny because uh, as soon as he started reading this list, the first thing that popped into my head is, oh, maybe Nine Lashes will be back on this list next year. <laughs> we're all kind of thinking the same thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, shameless plug, if you want to hear him dance all around, answer questions about that last album, you need to check out the YouTube interview that we did with him. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. 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 Does he apologize? I just want an apology. That's all I want. No, he he he, he still stands by it, but he has, yeah. It was so funny because I kept on asking questions around it without directly asking him how he felt about it, looking back on it. And he kept on saying, dude, I know what you want to ask about. I'm like, yeah, but we'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man only you paul only you can pull that off and still get an interview out of it tear the band-aid off slowly That's it'll right less rip really. it slowly <laughs> um man i can't vote for red just on principle uh, <laughs> Scott, this is this is a bit new for you because you probably haven't listened to a lot of our episodes, but we we gave Red a ration and a half uh, when they came out with an album and then decided to go back and re-record that album and just add strings because their fans demanded it. Yeah, yeah, I I, I believe it. <laughs> so you know they kind of they kind of went into our eh basket a little bit or at least mine now that being said i did go see them in concert when they were playing in petaluma but part of that was the opportunity to see death therapy live for the first time so you know i'll take that yeah yeah (laughs) my goodness okay do me a favor go down that list one more time okay so we've got 68 uh blank books colony house isley Flatfoot 56, Hearts Like Lions, John Mark McMillan, Kevin Max, Kids, King's Kaleidoscope, uh, Project 86, Red, Rusty Chip, Dave Baker, and Young Fox. Man. I don't know. Probably Flatfoot on that list was who is who I would go with. 
Yeah. I think that'd be my, I think that'd be my pick. Good album. I was surprised by how much I liked it. Not because I don't like them, but it just kind of came out of nowhere. They had been, you know, quiet for a while. Yeah. And, uh, I really liked it. Yeah. It was good. Well, it seemed like Tobin was kind of doing a lot of stuff with 610 for a while and Flatfoot kind of got, I don't want to say sidelined because you never know what's going on in the background. I mean, all of them probably have day jobs that they have to do. And so it may have been a time where none of them could get together to make anything happen. And with Tobin doing 610, you know, he was probably content working on some stuff for Flatfoot. And then this album just, it felt like it came out of nowhere. It really did. It was just all of a sudden. Yeah. And I think he's releasing some new 610 music this year, if I okay. remember correctly. Um, so we'll see how that works out with both bands. Yeah. Cool. I don't know. I mean, I haven't gotten a chance to listen to it very much on repeat, but I, I remember really liking the blank books. Mm-hmm. And man, I, I don't know. The 68 one, like I, I enjoyed it just for it being something unique and different, especially for the, kind of the Christian market. So I don't know. I, I might have to vote for that just because I was like, well, somebody's trying something that nobody else around them is doing right now. So, yeah. You know, what really won me over about 68 is their live show. Like oh, before yeah. I listened to it and I thought this is pretty good. I don't know if I'll revisit this, but then I got to see them live. And for just being two guys on stage, it is ridiculous. Hmm. Uh, they such a good show. They play off each other so well. I feel like a lot of it is ad libbed. Um, and yeah, it's, it's great and it's, they're funny and they, they rock. So if you get a chance to see them live, do it. You'll cool. probably like the music a lot more. Good cool. deal. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, next up we have the acoustic and indie pop category. Um, this one's a little weird just because those don't, aren't really, you know, similar genres, but they're similar enough that we can condense it and not have, you know, 300 different categories to vote on. Um, so this one, we've got some really cool artists in here. Elisa Turner, uh, The Brilliance, Drew Holcomb and The Neighbors, The Eagle and Child, Ellie Holcomb, The Grey Haven, Hillsong United, Betty Ray, Josh Loveless, Loud Heart, Lowercase Noises, The Oh Hellos, The Porter's Gate, Sandra McCracken, and Young Ocean. Hmm. I deliberated over that one for a while before I, I made my vote now. Don't remember who I voted for now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. I can't, I I, I can't vote that category just because I don't think I've listened to any of what's in there. So I would be, I would be speaking out of pure ignorance. Sure. Yeah, I mean, well, I would probably do Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors just based off of the stuff that I've heard by them that I really enjoyed, but that would probably be about the extent of mine. Mm. Sure. Kirk in the chat room says Young Oceans has his vote. Yes, yeah, that was that was a good album. Um, and actually, out of all of those, my favorite of those artists, and favorite by a long shot, actually, is the Grey Havens. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a husband and wife duo. Um I forget where they're from. I want to say like Michigan or something like that. And that's probably way off base. So don't just forget that. But <laughs> they're really good. They put out an album a couple of years ago called, um, Fire and Stone. And that actually made our top 10 list for, for the, the website in 2015. Um, and I think number six. Fantastic album. Great band. Um, 
album. Like he's putting out new music almost on a yearly basis, hmm. and it's always really good. So if if any of those, that would be my recommendation for you guys is to check them out. Cool. So you might be more inclined for the next category, the heavy album of the year. Um, this is, of course, the hardcore and metal and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, we're very excited about this. Um, so we've got August Burns Red, because of course we do. Take it or leave it. Uh, Death Therapy, Death Breaker, Demon Hunter, Earth Groans, Flesh Killer, For All Eternity, Gideon, Hands, they put on the album last year. Uh, well, two song album. Uh, Nothing Left, The Ongoing Concept, Phineas, To Speak of Wolves, War of Ages, and Your Memorial. There's a lot of face down and solid state on that list. And rightfully so. Yeah, right. <laughs> You know, I mean, yeah, that's, uh, there's not a lot of other, uh, labels that are, that are putting out a lot of good stuff right now. Um, yeah. The ongoing concept, was that the album where they made all of their instruments and all of that stuff? Was that? Same band, uh, but that was the previous album. Previous uh, album, okay. Or, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, the new album's called Places. I okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I so that one I, Behind this one. Yeah, that one I haven't heard yet, so. I mean, this to me, what? I think it would be Demon Hunter for me, just because they always, I mean, they are yeah. consistently awesome. And I, I like a lot of the other bands. August Burns Red is undeniably fantastic. Yeah. But, uh, hmm. Yeah, that Demon Hunter really good. Um, it's a lot more rock-based than previous albums. Okay. Yeah, but really heavy too when they get to the metal stuff it's it's out of this world demon hunters had this strange progression or in some they would you know in some cases they'd say it's a regression to where their their later albums have not had the same harshness that some of their earlier albums have you know i i chalk it up to like maturity and growth um yeah and that, you know, and, and it's fine with me. I mean, I, I like their more recent stuff more than I like their earlier stuff, but also the, the straight heavy metal, um, is not like, that's not my absolute favorite, the screamo type stuff. I don't mind it once in a while, um, when I feel like it's used appropriately, but just for me, screaming to scream has never been my style. I support the fact that it's out there because I know there's loads of people that, that live uh, for that style. And that's fantastic. It's just never been my thing. So I've grown to love Demon Hunter more the later albums they, they put out than I did the earlier stuff back in the day, personally. Sure. Well, I think they've been around long enough that they've, um, they started in a, in a different kind of time of, um, hardcore music. Cause mm. when they started, like that was still slightly taboo. And so they were, uh, there's a lot of stuff out there that was a lot, um, not, what's the word, less produced. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of labor backing it, um, because it wasn't, you know, selling, but then it kind of started to be more acceptable. And, you know, then now they've, they're, they're cleaner, they're more focused, they, they know what they're doing. Um, and I think also they're just kind of getting older a little bit, you know, so he might not be able to, handle screaming as much as he used to. I don't know. 
Yeah, that's I, I don't know. His voice might not be uh might not be holding out. Paul, I lost your picture. I don't know if you're still on with us. Yeah, I don't I don't see either there. <laughs> there he is. I got oh. a blue screen of death on the laptop as Skype tends to do to my computer for some weird reason. So. Gotcha. So you're on your phone now as well. <laughs> Yes, because I am, and because it gives me a chance to say, you know what, I'm using tweaked audio oh, headphones, that's... <laughs> and that's what you're hearing right now is my tweaked audio headphones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, use the code HARDPLACE, get 33% ears. off. There you go. That's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you for that, Paul. I appreciate your uh, assistance in uh, plugging that commercial. You're welcome. So, Paul, you said Demon Hunter. I'd probably go with Demon Hunter 2. Scott, do you have a preference in that? Or is is that your genre at all? I do like heavy music. I think I like it. Um, I, I've kind of like grown to like it less than I have in previous years. Mm-hmm. I think that's just... It, I'm losing kind of interest in it. But I think part of that reason... The reason I'm losing interest is because a lot of bands just don't make good heavy metal anymore. Yeah. Um and it's all kind of sounding the same. So they have, they have to do something really unique or just make, you know, pure excellent music for me to really care about it. So a lot of these bands I, I just didn't really connect with. Um, for a lot of the albums, I mean, I didn't connect with this year, but, um, I loved that, that death therapy album, um, the demon hunter album, mm-hmm. uh, I thought that was a good signing. Um, I think probably. I don't know. I, I don't remember who I voted for. I, it was either between the ongoing concept or, or Demon Hunter. One of those two. Okay. Good deal. Yeah. That Nothing Left album, though, by the way, if you guys haven't heard it yet, is really good. It's members of Four Today, um, Silent Planet, and A Bullet for Pretty Boy, which is kind of strange. But good album. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Random, random thing that happened today. I was actually going into Walgreens to grab a drink. And the guy who was standing in line checking out as I was coming in actually had a for today tattoo on his ankle. Nice. So I thought that was kind of funny. It's like, wow, that's not something you see every day. No, no, no. Um, so then the next category, oops, uh, is the rap and hip hop album of the year category. Um, this was a little bit different. Uh, it, it kind of matches up with, um, with the MC of the year category, but. That didn't quite make it. Um, so bear with me just a moment here. I think my list might not be completely updated on this one. Okay. Um, but I, I, I do have Andy Minio in Words Played, um, Magic and Bird, uh, Beautiful Eulogy, mm-hmm. which um, this one I, I didn't think was as good as their previous work, but it was still really good and definitely made my top 10. Um, Deep Space Five actually put out a new EP last year. Um, and it was kind of a play on Jay Z's new album, 444. They called it 555. Um, <laughs> <laughs> same artwork and everything, just tweaked a little bit so that they can avoid copyright infringement. Funny. Uh, yeah. Derek Minor, for some reason, he made it on here twice with an EP and an album. So he's on here for High Above <laughs> and your. Why I thought I took care of that, but whatever. Um, KB's new album is on there. KJ52 Crumb. 
uh, MC Jin, uh, NF, No Big Deal, Propaganda, Show Baraka, Social Club Mystics, and Taylor Gray. Hmm. A lot of good stuff on there. Yeah. I personally love the Crumb and, and Propaganda albums, as I mentioned before. Yeah. Um, and then the Show Baraka album is actually for the Narrative Volume 2, uh, okay. which was a short EP he put out last year that was kind of a couple remixes of some songs from the first Narrative and a couple of new songs as well. Um, so nice. Album. Good deal. Um, <laughs> I think yeah. for me off of that, it would have to be the, the Magic Bird album just because it's gotten the most play from me and it's just so much fun and so different and, and kind of, uh, kind of interesting to see somebody try to do kind of fun rap. Whereas it feels like most people aren't doing stuff that's fun. It's either overly serious or overly dark or, um, you know, kind of the mumble rap thing or something. But, um, right. I just thought that one was really interesting. <laughs> Right. Yeah, Andy Minio has always been one, too. And I'm not the biggest Andy Minio fan, but I do like some of what I've heard by him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get that he has a good time. He has fun when he, yeah. when he raps. So uh, how was the, the, uh, the KJ-5-2 album? <laughs> uh, I detect a little bit of disdain <laughs> that question. No. Uh, <laughs> I love KJ. I just wish he didn't inhale into the microphone. That's my issue with KJ. I love his stuff. I I enjoy his album. I just don't like every time he breathes into the microphone like that. It just it it's one of my pet peeves. Yeah, yeah, I don't really like that enough. But um, he actually it was okay. Um, <laughs> I love how it sounded like you were about to set up to defend his album really well. Yeah. It was okay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was better than I expected. Um, Again, I'm a huge KJ fan. I don't have anything against him. I just, not the kind of stuff that I tend to listen to, but I was surprised. I actually kind of liked it. Um, It was called Jonah. And then, of course, actually a couple weeks ago, he just released Jonah Part 2 and a movie, I think. Yeah, it's like, a documentary that he did some crowdfunding for. Okay. Oh, I thought maybe it was a re-release of the VeggieTales. Well, we haven't seen it yet, so it very well could be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just with him doing all the voices of all the characters. I would pay for that. <laughs> I would so pay for that. <laughs> uh, I'm always going to go with my boy NF on that. So, uh, you know, I think that's pretty much... I'm I'm sold on that, but... Uh, uh, all of those names on that list are well deserving. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Whether they're whether it's a personal taste or just their accomplishments for the year, I could I could get behind you on that. Yeah. Um, we've got a few more categories. Um, and okay, thought I lost you for a sec. Nope. Um, all right, so then we've got um, the pop and pop rock album of the year category. Um, we've got Aaron Sprinkle, Acceptance, Colton Dixon, Holland, Jeremy Camp, Harry Dobe, Andrew Cantrell, Long Hollow Wave, Manic Drive, Matt Hammond, Mercy Me, Nicole Gordeman, The Sing Team, Torn Wells, and Third Day. Boy, that is a crazy good list, too. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I have to go with here and sprinkle on that. There's some there's some good songs by some other people that are on there. Um, and I'm very quickly becoming a Torin Wells fan after seeing him perform a, a kind of a showcase thing here in Nashville. Man, that guy knows how to work the crowd. But um, but yeah, Aaron Sprinkle, I just I loved that record just for how different it was. Yeah, that, it's, it's very good, very '80s inspired. Um, I got the the vinyl, which came in like a kind of a retro pink color, and it's got a picture of him from high school on it. He's got this you know, perm kind of thing and leather jacket and everything or not leather, but I think it's like acid watch jeans or something like that. It was yeah. Cool. Yeah. So st- stylistically, what is, is Holland like? Because I know what she has done with like Toby Mac and, and that kind of stuff, but what is her own unique sound? I don't know that she has specifically a unique sound. Um, I mean, I'm going to say she's a talented singer from what I've heard. And I don't, Yeah, she's a talented singer from what I've heard. And so I don't want to sound like I'm putting her down. I haven't listened to the album, so I have nothing to reference it by. I'm just curious what, you know, what's her style like compared to, um, is she more worship oriented or is she? Yeah, I mean, and when I say, you know, she doesn't have a unique style, that's definitely not a dig at her. Um, yeah. I, I think she's very talented. I think she's well-deserving of of being in the spotlight. Um, um, I think what I liked about – actually, I liked her EP, her debut EP, uh, a little bit more than her, her full length. Um, she actually covered a Lecrae song um, and rapped, and it wasn't like – it didn't sound, you know, like a free flowing natural kind of thing, mm-hmm. but she definitely took the the flow of Lecrae and held her own with it. Okay. And I thought that was great. Well, she's a young girl. I think she's late teens or early twenties. Um, but I mean, it's, it's very, very fun pop music and a little bit of urban flair. I think she had even Malcolm and I want to say Andy Mineo on her last album. Okay. Um, so it's it's fun and and I definitely appreciate what she's doing, even if I'm not the biggest fan of that particular style of pop music. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Anything well, to add, Paul? Nope, I agree. Okay. Terrific. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, fun fact: she also was on American Idol a few years ago. Yeah, that's right. Hmm. Um, and. Uh, also, I agree with you about Torrin Wells. I think he's he's pretty good, and uh, he's got a really good voice. Very comparable to uh, Bruno Mars, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And he's got some, some uh, Michael Jackson-esque moves that he pulls out on stage that are quite fun to watch. Okay. Nice. Cool. Good deal. Awesome. So, contemporary album of the year is next. Mm-hmm. And who, who is it that, that has a contemporary leading? Uh, that'd be more Paul than me. That's for sure. Yeah. So I I work at a contemporary station here in Nashville, so I get to hear all the fun stuff. (laughs) Okay. So in this category, then we've got, um, Anthony Evans, Bethany Dillon, um, Darlene check. And I I pronounced that wrong. I apologize, but that's my understanding of how that's pronounced. Uh, David Balash, elevation worship, iron bell music, Jesus culture, Kim Walker Smith, Christine DeMarco, 
uh, lore story, Matt Marr, Mayer? I don't remember how to pronounce that one. Marr, uh, yeah. Marr, okay. Matt Redman, Matthew West, Sarah Groves, and Stu Gerard. We officially play only four of those artists. <laughs> uh, um, and they're all for Jesus culture, right? Uh, no, no, actually we don't play Jesus culture. <laughs> <laughs> no, we play, we play Matthew West. We play a little bit. I think you said Elevation Worship. I want to say we may have one of, one of theirs. Uh, Laura Story, we have a couple by her and, uh, Matt Marr, we have several by him and then we have a couple by Matt Redman and I think that's about it. Okay. But, uh, yeah. I, I do like the stuff that I've heard off the new Matthew West, so I would be, Totally okay with voting for that. I think he's got some solid songs on there. I don't think I've listened to a single one of these albums, so I did not vote on this category. <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't know who I would go with. I know Sarah Groves is popular among our staff. Um, the Stu Gerard album actually got a five-star rating um, on our site last year. Wow. <laughs> so... I don't know. It'd come down to one of those probably if I had to make a vote, but I don't think I did. Hmm. Yes. I'm just going to recuse myself from that whole list because I haven't heard anything on that at all. I have no comment. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Um, actually, it's kind of funny because this category, sometimes we have a write-in category uh, when you go to vote. And uh, this is like the only category where we'll get uh, write-ins to say, meh, or I don't know. Or, <laughs> um, makes me laugh every time. Oh um, man, we've got the category for Christmas album of the year. Okay, um, and I don't know if you guys big, big Christmas music fans. I do. You know, it's we've had this conversation. We've actually done a couple of Christmas special episodes where uh, Paul and I pick out some of our favorites. There was a long time that I worked in retail previously, and we had one Christmas tape that was on a loop. And we so you learned to hate Mariah Carey. Yeah. We started playing it the day after Thanksgiving, and it didn't stop playing until, uh, like, Christmas, like the day or two after Christmas. And so it was it, literally, you could set your watch. By what song was playing at at what time? I got very sick of Christmas music for a while. Yeah, no, I, I definitely understand that. Retail will do that too. And yeah. When I worked, I don't know if I'm allowed to say what store I worked at, but um, we played a lot of like kitty stuff because it was a kid focused kind of store. Okay. Um, we heard a lot of like like really bad Disney band covers of Christmas songs and. <laughs> It, it was just the worst. <laughs> I feel your pain. I feel your pain. See, see now, I feel like I've got both of you beat because I worked at Old Navy, and of course, we started playing music much like everybody else, like the day after Christmas. Yeah. And then we got a new Christmas CD, um, like for December. And so then we played that. So it was a little bit of a different selection. So it wasn't the same thing. But then our January CD came cracked. So we had to listen to Christmas music all the way through the beginning of February. <sighs> Mm. Which of course customers would come up and go, you do realize it's January 25th. We're like, yes, I know. And you're playing All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. And not only that, it's a remix. I'm like, yes, I'm fully aware. Why? It's like, well, because the 
CD that we're supposed to be playing was cracked, so we have to, by the rules, default to the one previous, which in this case makes no sense. Yeah. But that's what we have to do. You know? Right. Okay. Good luck with that, buddy. Oh, man. <laughs> to be fair, you can listen to All I Want for Christmas by Mariah Carey any time of the year because that song is a jam. <laughs> <laughs> Not upset about it. <laughs> Okay. All right. Let's hear this Christmas list since it's, uh, you know, still freezing cold outside. Yeah. So this one's actually shorter uh, just because there weren't a lot of Christmas albums last year uh, in the Christian market. Uh, And if they were, they were just covers of the same carols we've heard for hundreds of years. Right. Um, So we've got one from David Ian. Um, He put out one a couple years ago with uh, Peter Furler that was really good. And this is kind of the same style the old-timey you know jazzy kind of stuff um the eagle and child really good one i think that's the one i voted for uh hillsong worship jocelyn which uh is kind of a uh just out of nowhere one but we we got his album last year and it's it's i don't know how to describe it it's anthemic um almost like a concept album rock opera kind of thing um it explores (laughs) genre imaginable um okay. i don't know it was just really good um called king of the nations you guys get a chance to check it out you know next christmas or something <laughs> uh, you can do that um i know paul he's gonna go listen to it tomorrow i mean that's just his style that's just how he rolls he's gonna he's gonna go yeah. find that album and it'll check it out tomorrow cool <laughs> i i, I <laughs> there um so Mark Martell put out a new Christmas album. He's the former singer of Down Here. Yeah. Currently uh, with Queen Extravaganza. Um, Meredith Andrews, Mike Maines, who is no longer Mike Maines in the branches. He's just Mike Maines now. Um, Paul Balash, 10th Avenue North, and Weston Skaggs. Um, independent artist that we kind of discovered and really like his music. Pretty good. So did they trim the branches? Is that... <laughs> Is that what happened? Well, see, uh, see, Mike was the vine, and they were the branches. Right. <laughs> well, see, that's their problem, is because they mixed up their biblical references. Yeah. You can't mix up the... You can't do it. <laughs> I, uh, I liked Mike Maines and the branches. Uh, it, I, I was surprised that they aren't uh, doing it as them anymore, so... It's kind of sad, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I he was on a podcast that I liked recently, and he was talking about the change. And he said that Mike Manson Branches has always just kind of been him with, you know, some people that he wants to play with. And he thought that it was just a smarter thing for him to kind of rebrand and just go mm-hmm. by his own name. So, But he also kind of changed the sound. This is kind of more of a poppy style than, than previously. Gotcha. Um. Album cover art of the year, which is kind of difficult to do on a podcast because you can't really see anything. <laughs> but there's some good ones that we that we chose for the nominees. One of my other favorites um, is um, the Independent Album of the Year, uh, and we call it State of Independence just because on, on our website that's what we uh, that's what we call our independent section. Um, 
so this one's really cool because there's a lot of people on here that that you might not know and a lot of listeners might not know um but we we kind of go with with bands that um have never been signed to a record label they've never had that push they're just completely purely independent um we do allow for independent record labels because typically those operate the same way as right. independent way uh not a whole lot of pushing from the label just kind of the uh, you know distribution and press and stuff mm-hmm. uh, so this one has um an eclectic list again, uh, another language, um, at the wayside, which is actually an Indivision music band. And I, I love that album quite a bit. Um, Ben Knight, blank book, church of agony, which is some of the guys from showbread, uh, in the new band, uh, evergreen, the gray havens, Jetty Ray, Josh Loveless, who he's, um, the bassist, I think from need to breathe. He put out a kid's album last year. Oh, okay. Um, oh. Uh, Lauren, Light the Way, Mainframe, No Big Deal, The Oh Hellos, Rusty Ship, Sandra McCracken, Southland, Southville, uh, Swingin' Hammers, and Taylor Gray. Wow. And nice. yeah, I don't know how many of those names you guys know, but uh, they're all pretty deserving and a lot of different styles from pop to punk rock to hip hop and all over the place. No, uh, no Demon Hunter cover this year, huh? <laughs> um no. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I wonder how many of those um Oh, of course. Oh, of course. Ryan Clark ended up doing. Oh, yeah, I don't I don't know. Um I, I like the album covers. Um, um Oh, that was, I'm sorry, but the state of independence, um, category. Oh, that was, okay, gotcha. State of independence, gotcha. Okay. Keep, keep up, Chris. Sorry, I slept. I nodded off. I apologize. Yeah. But no, I don't think Ryan Clark did any of these because they're different bands. Right. But, uh, <laughs> if you want to go over the cover art, we can. Um, no, it's fine. Okay. Well, um, also, yeah, I don't know how many of those, uh, of the cover art ones that he did either. I don't think he did any of them to my knowledge, but hmm. I don't really dig it that far to it. I know that's part of what he does, you know, that's, that's some of his, uh, graphic design and such is, is one of the things yeah. that he, uh, that he does. So. Yeah. He's good at it. I, I like some of the artwork that he's put out. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it. Pretty much um, it. All right. Yeah, so we'll um these will actually be live tomorrow. Okay. For voting. Awesome. Uh and that's gonna be at um jfhawards.com. And you can also if you just go to our homepage, we'll have a link for it there as well. Fantastic. Um, yeah, and please vote just once because <laughs> I hate throwing out the ballot stuffers because it's a waste of my time, <laughs> but I will do it. Gotcha. <laughs> so rusty ship, you heard that, right? <laughs> yeah. They're probably what? the ones who are likely to, to stuff the ballot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting rusty ship. <laughs> well, they are a piratey band. So yes. You know, they yes. are nautical rock. So there you go. Exactly. 
Exactly. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Well, Scott, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us, going over this list. I think uh, you guys have done a great job of compiling this. Um, too many choices, in my opinion, but that's just because it's difficult for me to choose sometimes. Uh, not that you did anything wrong. It just, it's a lot for me to process. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I know it's a lot to choose from. I, you know, even myself as a music fan, I'm, I go through this list and I'm like, I like I like several of these guys. Like, who do I vote for? You know? Yeah. Um. So I, I get it, but yeah, thank you for having me on. Um. You know, we're we're not the the Dove Awards by any means. Um. <laughs> we're also not the We Love Awards, but we covered that. Already. Yes, we talked about that off the air. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> but. You know, we're just a bunch of um, music-loving people, and um, we want to make sure that the artists that that we love and the artists that that y'all love, uh, you know, get some recognition. Yeah. Well, I think you guys and Indivision Music are two very important music-oriented websites. Um, when Indivision Music went away, we were sad uh, because yeah. they were gone, and we enjoyed them very much. And then. You know, knowing that you guys were still out there, still doing your thing, plugging away, uh, it helped us, Paul and I, because we relied on you for a lot of the news and stuff that we would talk about on this podcast. So, yeah. it, you know, we it, and we're glad Indivision is back and they're doing well and everything is progressing. So, we think it's important because you each have um, your strengths that you guys play to. So I, I love, you know, I don't even call it competition. I just think that it's fantastic uh, that you guys can coexist and have a great audience and have some crossover stuff as well so that people can get what they need and find out different perspectives on some of that stuff too. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, I agree. Indivision Music is great. I, I love Brandon uh, and what they do over there. And they're, the bands that they're signing now are, are just so good. Yeah. Um, and I, so I, I appreciate that, that, that they're back and, uh, I was actually really excited to hear that they were coming back. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I, we're not competitors. I, I never thought right. of that, you know, either. Uh, we actually work really well together. Uh, we cover their stuff. They, you know, post news articles about stuff that we're doing. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, if Brandon is listening, uh, I really appreciate you, brother. You know, it's funny when we first started this podcast, I reached out to Brandon and I said, Hey, Paul Gibson and I are looking at getting together and doing this podcast. Are you interested? And he said, no, no, it's okay. And then about, I don't know, six or eight months after we launched, we sent him a press release to uh, talk about the, the podcast. And he, he was like, I was an idiot because they asked me to join this and I never did. <laughs> so go check these guys out. It was was quite funny. He uh, he never was willing to come on and uh, and have a conversation with us. So, <laughs> so it's awesome. Well, again, uh, Jesus Freak Hideout Awards will be posted tomorrow, so be sure to go over and vote. But as Scott said, make sure you only vote once. Once, man. If you vote twice, I'm going to be so angry. Yeah. I'm just kidding. But. <laughs> It will just be a waste of my time. To yeah, to you out of it. that's right. Absolutely, you won't be allowed to vote next year. How about that? that that's right. We'll we'll do something. 
ban your joke. Ban your IP address. I shouldn't be sound threatening on the internet. So. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, guys. Well, thank you for hanging out with us for this episode of the Rock and the Hard Place podcast. If you are interested in a pair of headphones, as Paul mentioned earlier, be sure to check out tweakedaudio.com. They've got loads of different styles and colors and all kinds of stuff. They come with um, a uh, lifetime warranty as well as like free shipping. And if you use the code HARDPLACE, all one word, that is HARDPLACE, all one word, you get 33% off your order. So uh, be sure to check them out, tweakedaudio.com. And uh, man, I think I think that's everything. Um, yeah, let's do this again sometime, all right, guys? Have a good one. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out. We'll catch you later. <laughs>